0: Did you know that restoration for homes and office buildings will exceed $210 billion in revenue this year? That's right. And guess what? There's a franchise for that. Actually, several franchises. But the one we're talking about today is United Water Restoration Group with Bob Moore, who is their senior leader in franchising. So take a listen to learn a little bit more about this incredible industry that's so needed, as well as this emerging brand.
1: Welcome to the Franchise You podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the Director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville.
0: And welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Bob Moore. And Bob, you're currently the Vice President of Franchise Operations for United Water Restoration Group, and you've been there for three years but you have a long history in franchising. And you started at Domino's, you worked for the corporation, and then you became a multi-unit franchisee. So you've had both sides of franchising. You sold those and went to work for Service Master, which is another great company. You were senior leader in ops there. And then you went to Duncan, where you led ops and training for one-third of the country. Now, my background is in training at Yum Brands. So Grab my heart with that one, but after working for the big established brands, you have been with a fast-growing emerging brand, United Water Water Restoration Group, where you lead franchise operations. I mean, what a career! And I think it spanned like thirty years, though no one would believe it. So, why don't you tell us a few highlights?
1: Awesome, thank you so much, Kathy, for the kind words and the trip down memory lane. There, Um, it has been a wonderful ride. I tell you, it's it's one of those things that uh, when people talk to me and and You know, we get talking about our our careers. I feel so blessed because I have worked for some great brands, starting out with Domino's. You know, it was a great company to work for, a lot of energy and a lot of fun, very, you know, busy, fun company to work for. Um, And I always knew I wanted to own my own business, you know. So uh, I kind of ended up picking pizza as I did my research on it. That was the one I settled on Um, a lot because I I, uh, felt a kinship to the founder, Tom Monaghan. He was a former Marine and I served in the army and things like that. And I just knew, he, Hey, this guy, from all I can tell, he runs a tight ship and my military background might help me with that. And, and I, I think it really did. So I spent 13 years with them and it was a lot of, a lot of fun, learned a lot of things, had the opportunity, as you said, to work for corporate for many years. And then also became a multi-unit franchisee and realized a lifelong dream of myself and that's owning my own business. So I did that for seven years. So. Um, I ended up selling my store from Bain Capital Vault Company. They were doing a lot of things I didn't necessarily agree with and that's fine. They earned the right to, they, they bought the company, um, but moved on and then worked for ServiceMaster, which was another fantastic company to work for. Um, and there I supported my team and I supported, uh, 134 franchisees in five states out West, I was based out of California. So it was great, great opportunity to see another part of the country and, and, you know, stay in a business I love and that's, that's franchising, so. And uh, from there, moved on to Duncan. So it's been a a great ride. Spent 10 years with that organization, which was recently sold to, to, uh, um, I forget off the top of my head, the the name of the company that bought them, but uh, they were recently bought recently and, and just a great organization. So it's been a wild ride. Loved every part of it.
0: That's wonderful. Duncan is a great brand. Actually, all of those companies are great brands. So you definitely have learned a lot along the way. But tell us what the best part about being a franchisee was to you.
1: So for me, I, I've always enjoyed being part of a great team. You know, I was blessed, you know, growing up to be part of some great sports teams and things like that. And just even, even the environment, like let's say I've had, I had, a, you know, some really great teachers that I loved and that they made you feel like in that class, like they were, you were a part of their team and in that classroom that you were in there with them and things like that. And it was same thing with the military and worked for some great people and got to be in some units. It was just, I've always enjoyed the concept of the team and I've also bit had, unfortunately had the the flip side of that, where there, I was part of organizations where I didn't feel that, you know? And so one of the things I said, when I be- become a franchisee or one, you know whatever business I own, I want to build a team that people like coming to work, for, you know, cause you're kind of, you know, not everybody wants to go to work necessarily, right? A lot of people do, true. but most people don't by nature, they need to, right? But if you could create a place that they, it's not drudgery to go there and they actually look forward to it, I I, That was just a dream and a desire for me. So, you know, culture became a huge, huge uh, component of building the company and uh, was probably the one thing that I I took the most pride in was, you know, my team members saying, man, I I like working for your company.
0: I can see that. I could definitely um, understand why they would say that just having met you for a short while. So, Bob, how do you think your experience as a franchisee really helps you in your current role?
1: Well, I. I think it helps because I understand, you know, the challenges my franchisees face. Um, you know, a lot of people have a dream of owning their own business. And it in our social media world that we live in today, it can be, you know, shortened down to such a, a, a quick soundbite that it seems very glamorous. Um, you know, being a franchisee or a small business owner is, is really not about that day in and day out, you know, when you're sweating, making a payroll or sales aren't where you need them to be, or having employee issues, all of those things, I, I can fully understand, you know, what they're facing because I, I face their challenges. You know, I had a conversation with a franchisee the other day about the challenges of hiring good people. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about his team and, and I just had to remind him, I said, you know, I said, Rob, I can hear everything you're saying. Don't forget, I had 130 employees, when I was a franchisee. So don't think that I was blessed with 130 superstars. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've experienced my share of challenges as well. So, uh, you know, it's just, I, I think it's helped me, you know, understand the challenges they face and right. lead the company in a way that hopefully provides them support and guidance and the, the tools to help them succeed.
0: I think it also provides incredible credibility for you because you do know what you're talking about. And that is uh, very refreshing So you've worked with these long-established brands that you've mentioned, and gosh, you know, with Domino's, Dunkin', ServiceMaster, all very large established brands. What's it like working for an emerging brand?
1: It has been a world of difference, and in a great way for me personally. So as, as great as those other brands were, they've grown to be very large, which means they have this enormous, you know, corporate structure and different teams and all the challenges of any larger company, right? So I'll give you an example at, at Duncan, we had 1100 corporate employees, you know, out there supporting all the franchisees worldwide. And, uh, you know, we had a legal department, let's say. So if I there were changes I wanted to make in, in training, um, I had to go through the legal department to make sure that they were comfortable with it. And that. And that's challenging at times, right? Because you might not see eye to eye on the needs of the business. So um, that is one, example whereas now i mean i walk across the street to our our owners and you know i make the bitch for what i think we need to do and usually in that meeting i get an answer you know so it's not uh not challenging to move fast which i love to do um and and at the same time you know you have to wear a lot of different hats and things like that but i i don't mind that but uh you know i've loved it it's like working for a startup after you know years working for larger companies
0: Well, I can understand what you're saying about things taking time in a larger organization. And there's a reason for that. But it would be fun to have decisions made that quickly by walking across the street, I have to say. That sounds pretty good. So let's change the lanes a little bit and talk about United Water Restoration Group, which I love talking about this because as I teach my students, franchising is so much more than restaurants. Though restaurants are great, it's so much more. And water restoration is really an important industry in the U.S., and you have some great stats on your website. So it's noted that over a ten-year time frame, total flood insurance claims reached more than three and a half billion, with the average claim being forty-two thousand. And that's just flood insurance. The restoration industry is more than two hundred and ten billion annually. And it's not just about disasters. There are infrastructure issues and in many homes and buildings that can cause this damage. So, like here in Kentucky, just recently we had this severe cold that was super fast, like in the negatives, mm-hmm. which is unusual for Louisville. And yep. I can't tell you the number of pipes that burst. And so they all needed your service. So what else can you share about the industry and its potential?
1: Yeah, that's a, you, you made some really good points, Kathy, because Len, you know, A, as we spoke about prior to the, you know, the podcast, there are a lot of people don't even understand, know that the, there's a restoration industry, right? Mm-hmm. And then those who do often think it just evolves around, you know, large floods or the, or hurricane type you know right. disasters, you know. Um and, and really that's only a small part of our business. I'll have franchisees who never experience a large weather event like that. Um, uh, probably, you know, based on where they are they are geographically. And uh there's plenty of work out there in the restoration industry, just some simple things like like broken pipes, like mm-hmm. as you said, a, a, a cold snap. Um, our franchisees and, and, you know, Atlanta both are swamped right now because, you know, in parts of Kentucky, as well as much of Georgia, you know, they don't build homes with the insulation around the plumbing and things like that. Like as of, of you know, they very, very rarely get below freezing. Right. So, you know, when that hit, I mean, I was talking to one of my, my Atlanta franchisees this morning and he thinks he's going to be busy probably the next two months, wow. that much work to be done. So.
0: And, you know, it sounds like, okay, a busted pipe isn't that big a deal. Oh, yes, it is. It really I'm, I'm, is. And then just two days ago, we had four inches of rain overnight. And right. so we have flooded basements, et cetera. So I can see where there is a lot of potential. So your company was started in 2008 by three founders who started the old-fashioned way. And I loved reading about that because they formed the company, bought a van, knocked on doors to sell, and then they serviced it. And I just, I love companies that start that way because, that is the true entrepreneurial spirit. But then yeah. they started franchising in 2015. And three years ago, when you joined, there were five franchisees. You have 25 now. And I read that you have 40 more coming in the next year. So um, you do more than water damage. You do mold remediation, fire, smoke damage, reconstruction. Tell us a bit more about the company, please.
1: Sure. I I love telling the, the story of honors because I, I think it's, sure. Peter, I, for me, it's like the 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 american dream you know in a, in a nutshell because the interesting piece is all three of our owners are, are hungarian and they did not meet in hungary uh they met when they came over here uh two of the three uh were in the daytona beach area and they actually have a tremendous uh, hungarian business community here that helps the uh, the hungarian uh business owners and, and the population really network and things like that and that's where they met they were both in the home services field and basically, you know, decided to start a restoration company because they both saw the opportunity. Uh, that was in 2008. And, you know, as we were going into a recession and, you know, it was one of the worst hurricane seasons on record in Florida as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they just, they bought a van, filled it with equipment and basically went out and started knocking on doors. And I think that's a, a big part of the DNA of our company is that hard work that, you know, it would go out and earn the earn the work and and get the opportunity to serve people. Kind of mindset that uh, you know we try and impart with our franchisees. Uh, as you mentioned, they did you know start franchising the concept in 2015, and that came about for a couple of reasons. One, they had an employee who was moving out of the Florida area, and at this point, we had uh, 13 offices in Florida, and he's like, "Hey, I want to partner up with you guys." And around the same time, one of the founders' brothers uh was moving up to Canada and wanted to do the same thing. Um, And in the same time frame, the founders also became franchisees in a different concept, Mr. Reuter. And that really opened their eyes that, oh, you know, wow, we became franchisees in this concept. We ought to think about franchising our United Water Restoration business, you know, um, we can do that and, and they applied themselves the same way. They didn't know anything about franchising. Mean, they didn't know, but they go out there and they, you figure it out and you move forward, just like any successful entrepreneur does, you know? Uh, and as you said, we do have some aggressive growth plans, but we're excited. We think we have the right team in place, the right systems in place. And, and doesn't mean that we're gonna ever stop growing and, and building the systems and, and making changes, but, uh, we do, we're really excited about, uh, the growth we have on the horizon.
0: As you should be. And you know, you mentioned the hurricane, the recent one in Florida. Um, my sister lives in Cape Coral and was right in the eye of it, and it was devastating. So, has your company been involved with that restoration in South Florida? And if so, can you describe maybe some of the issues?
1: Sure. Yeah. We, we absolutely have been, been uh, really involved in, in the, the uh, helping both business owners and homeowners get back on their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where, where it hits and it comes on, on land, you know, the damage just, it's just so devastating. You're really in just a rebuild situation. But beyond that, it's really after that, a foreign surge, it's the water, it's the wind and things like that. And, and we have two divisions we have of our corporate locations. We have a north division and a south, and our south is, is you know, got probably more of the work there just based on where the hurricane's path was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had whole neighborhoods where they would go in and and, you know, get called out for for one home. And that since they were already there, the neighbors were coming over and saying, mm-hmm. okay, can we be next? Can we be next? And and literally we're still doing work from that hurricane. You know, we have we have one job. It's a commercial job. There are about uh eight different commercial uh concepts in one park that that we actually won that you know had the ability to serve them and do the work. Uh we still have, you know, large teams there going, you know, I think we're on the last of the businesses there. Um, that's gonna be a huge job. It's gonna be, you know, almost a six million dollar job. Um, wow, to, you know, put that back together. And then, you know, our North Division, we were busy as well because as the storm crossed Florida and exited out the east coast into okay. the Atlantic, it kind of stalled over Daytona Beach, which is about, you know, fifteen minutes from where our offices were located. And it just dumped rain mm-hmm. and the wind, you know, it blew, it was blowing so hard that even if you had storm shutters up, it was blowing water through the cracks. And we had, you know, condos that, you know, had multiple floors flooded and needed uh, to be restored and things like that. So the work still goes on. We have teams out there doing doing work, you know, even today on, on following up on some of that damage that was done.
0: Yeah. And it's been months. I mean, I think that water damage is just unbelievable. What what water and wind can do is just, oof, there is no disrespecting Mother Nature. And no, you, all uh, prob- you all probably know that much better yeah. than most of us. Yeah. So, um. Thanks for sharing all of that. So I read in your, let's talk a little bit about your FDD. I read in your FDD, and this was interesting to me, that there are really no laws or regulations in your industry. Do you think this may change one day? That's
1: a that's a great question. And, you know, having, this is my second stint in the restoration industry, because when I was a service master, the bulk of my franchisees were in restoration, um, and, I don't really feel like there's a need uh, for it. The IICRC has done a great job of, of, you know, writing up the standards and and creating the protocols of how to do everything properly. You know, all of our franchisees, we require them to become IICRC certified and and do the work according to their standards. So I think they've done a really good job of ensuring the quality of work. Um, I I think the one area when you talk about, uh, you know, um, about potential... Uh, laws and, and things like that, that I would like to see was maybe a little bit more even playing with the insurance companies, you know, because part of the challenge is, you know, they do pay the bulk of, of our, our bills. Right. Um, you know, we do work for homeowners or business owners and things like that. The bulk of them tend to pay, you know, with their, uh, you know, insurance uh, coverage. So there's just some challenges dealing with the insurance companies and they have a great lobby out there. So, you know, I think we, uh, there are some industry groups, to RIA is one out mm-hmm. of the Restoration Industry Association, mm-hmm. which we're a part of. Um, we actually just renewed our membership today, how many of our franchisees are. And they, uh, you know, they're doing a great job of trying to, you know, band together all of the the restoration companies and help them, you know, just trying to keep a level of playing field out there.
0: Yeah, that ma- that makes a lot of sense. Because what I also noticed is there are a large number of required certifications Um, within your FDD and they're required by role from owner operator to technician. So you are very stringent on the certifications required, which I think adds a lot of credibility to the work you do as well.
1: Yeah, it sure does. You know, I mean, because it's unfortunate it's, you know, there is some less scrupulous companies out there um, in the restoration space. And they, you know, kind of give the whole industry a black eye and, you know, we go so far in the, in the train, you know, in our franchise training is we show a video and you've probably seen them, the, the seven on your side or the local newscaster who kind of goes undercover to expose right. things. And they, they were talking about, you know, restoration companies, they, you know, is it mold or not? And they had four different companies come in and, you know, a couple of them were like, no, that's not mold. That's black. I'm not sure what it is, but it's not mold, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had others who just, oh, that's, that's horrible. I like, think it's, you know, and gave them some astronomical you know, price. And and we show that to tell our franchisees, hey, we never want to be that kind of company. Right. You know, we never, you know, that there is plenty of money to be made in this industry, doing things the right way, even with all the competition out there and things like that. But you never want to be that company who's, you know, is, is doing things um, that they shouldn't be. And that's why we, you know, we love the IICR and their guidelines, and standards, and, you know, why we require our franchisees to become certified and follow those protocols.
0: Well, I thought thought that was terrific. Something else that was so interesting that I saw in your FDD is that to encourage franchise ownership, you actually have an incentive. So that if someone who has worked for a franchisee for 18 months or longer, they actually qualify for a 25% discount on your franchise fee, which is significant. What was the thinking on that one? A couple
1: of things. One, if if they've been an employee out there for one of our franchisees um, for a while and want to franchise on their own. You know, why not grow the brand with us, right? Because they obviously had a positive experience working for that franchisee. Um, they're familiar with our systems and our processes, our software, all those things. So you know if they if they want to go out and do this on their own, why not, you know, rather than create a competitor right next to that franchisee or, you know, in the same town as that franchisee, you know, let's let's incentivize that employee uh, to to do it for themselves, but move on to a different location. Maybe a neighboring area uh, and things like that, to where they become they can own their business on their own, and yet not compete directly with our existing franchisee. And there's incentive there for that 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 employee to do that. And we uh, we just had our first conference where this topic came up, and a franchisee was sharing they have someone in their company who might be interested in doing that because wow. they're relocating for for their spouse's job. Um, and he said, "Will you pay me a finder's fee. And I said, absolutely. You know, not only will we give them 25% all off, we will, we will, you know, we'll come up with a commission structure. And if somebody comes out of your company and becomes a, you know, signs a deal with us, that I don't mind, you know, paying a finder's right. fee an existing franchisee.
0: That's great. And, and they probably have the certifications and they're ready to go. And you also, yep. I was also so impressed that you offer financing because not many companies really do. So not only can you get a discount, then you help them with financing. Would you talk about that for a moment?
1: Sure. Well, and, and the funny story behind that, Kathy, is that I fought against that.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> Just to be completely transparent. You know, at the end of the day, I, I what I told my owners was that, listen, let's stick to the business we're in. We're good at restoration. We're good at franchising. We're good at supporting franchisees. I don't really want to become a bank, you know? <laughs> So, but at the same time they they made some valid points i said listen there's probably some good prospects out there one might be one of those employees that we just spoke about right who, who might not have the tenure or you know or credit worthiness in the bank's eyes traditional financing you know mm-hmm. but they do have money or they do have other means to you know come up with their their portion of it so why not offer them that opportunity um and you know they but, you know, pretty much both told stories as well about, you know, people that helped them get started, things Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, that was one I, I, you know, I relented and we don't have a lot of deals out there, but our, you know, uh, we do have a handful of people who've taken advantage of that. And, and, uh, you know, the good news is that the bulk of them also end up tending to to pay the loan off early. Um, So, you know, it's worked out well. And and one of those perfect examples where as much as I didn't want to become a bank, it's it's proved to be a, a good business decision.
0: Well, that that's wonderful, and it's wonderful for you to say so. So, thank you for admitting that because I was surprised. You don't see that very often in FTDs, so that was a that was a nice surprise. Let's uh, talk a little bit about marketing because you had some very interesting things in there with marketing. So, you have a system brand development fund. Can you tell us what that's used for?
1: Sure. So, we actually we're not charging that currently. Okay. Uh you know, basically because we're not big enough, you know, and, and this gets back to what, what you talked about, you know, is there a benefit for having a former franchisee run the corporate, the, you know, side of the business? Um, it just doesn't make business sense. You know, I, as a franchisee with Domino's, I didn't mind, you know, paying the marketing fund and things like that because I got to sit on the marketing board so you know, where my stores were and help decide how some of that local money was spent. And there was a path, you know, we had a, a an advisor group where, you know, on the national promotions and things like that, where franchisees can have a sit. And we mm-hmm. can help, you know, have a voice mm-hmm. in in the promotions and things like that. And all good brands. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it was always that way. It at mm-hmm. Domino's, it at Service Master, at mm-hmm. Duncan, you know, it, the good brands run with those kinds types, types of committees. So right. what I just I think currently we're just not big enough that I, I couldn't with any mm-hmm. clear conscience, you know, collect money from my franchisees and cool it and spend it in a way that would be effective. So I'd rather leave that money in their you know, bank accounts and let them spend it on local marketing where they can continue to build their business.
0: So what do they, that totally makes sense. And that also does demonstrate your ability to empathize with that franchisee point of view. But you do have a requirement for local advertising and promotion. Can you talk about what that looks like?
1: Sure. So we do require them to, to have a grand opening. Um, and that fee's not large, you know, I think it's about $7,500. And that, the cost for that, it, it covers everything from their their initial marketing package, so all their business cards, all their promotion materials that they'll need to, you know, promote their business, go out there and handouts. Uh, we have a lot of great marketing material that, uh, that we put together um, that they can go out there and, and help promote their business, you know, with all their local number on it and things like that. So that's part of what it includes. But we also ask them to join the local chamber of commerce, uh, because as a small business, you know, that's a great resource for them. It's a great way to promote their business. And, you know, also they get, they get to go out and do a ribbon cutting. You make a splash out there in a the marketplace, We get them to cater that event, you know, it's usually, you know, four to six hours uh in the afternoon. it's kind of a grand opening. And we have them open up their business, you know, have people come out and, and get a bite to eat, meet the owners, meet the teams, things like that, um, it's a great way for them to kind of make a splash into that marketplace. So, so that's the one thing that we do ask that they they spend and invest in because, you know, we, we found that that helps them, you know, get off on the right
0: path. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. Do you have any requirements on for their, their vans or trucks or whatever they drive? Any requirements there?
1: Sure. So there are some safety uh, ones that we have. So we, all of them have to have all of our vans uh, have to have the uh, partitioning off. So the equipment, any tools in the bag, anything like that, that should there be an accident or anything like that um, can't come into the, the cab itself. Uh, beyond that, we have some some beautiful uh, branding that our owners yeah. have created and and we get a lot of compliments. Uh, I yeah, it was actually interesting at a gas station the other day. One of our competitors, you know, jokingly said, "Hey, you might, you're my competitor." I said, "How's business?" And we're just chit-chatting. And he goes, "I have to admit, you guys have some, some really nice-looking van,
0: and it makes so, a difference."
1: Yeah, it sure does. It sure does, right? So, so yes, we do. We do have uh, internal companies uh, that, that help them get their their wraps on. They can choose the types of vehicles. I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. I have, uh-huh. I have franchisees that have Ford vans, some have Chevy, I have some running Mercedes sprinters, doesn't matter to me, you know, whatever they want to get, they can wrap. Um, we have one franchisee out in California who had a white truck, they, they had an existing business already and they had a, a white, you know, just a pickup truck, uh, that they used for their other business and he had it completely wrapped, you know, wow. and, and as well, even the the bed cover yeah. had a huge logo on it because they have some high rise buildings there and things like that. I mean, and, uh, he said, "I, I Hey, I'm even going to put it there. Sure. So anybody who was in I up higher up can look down at my truck and, and, uh, see our logo.
0: How so. smart is that? That is mm-hmm. smart. That is yeah. smart. One other thing I read about the marketing on your website, you had a great article on referral marketing. So that seems like to be a, a large component of your business. How does that work?
1: Sure. That's a huge, huge piece of our business. Um, you know, in, in our industry, um, we predominantly focus on water. We do, we do a lot of mold. We do fire, things like that. But, you know, uh, some of our locations do what we call trauma uh, cleanup and things like that. But, but water is kind of our bread and butter. And, you know, we're, we're not the first person that they call, you know, because if someone has a busted pipe and they have, you know, a foot and a half of water in their basement, the first person they're going to call typically is a plumber. Plumber. So. You know but really honestly in our business any anybody in the trades has the opportunity to refer business to us i'll give you a perfect example i had an hvac company come out to my house do the normal maintenance and basically he said just just so you know you know I, I did spot you have a little bit of mold growing right behind the edge of your screen there you know and i'm like oh it's know?" and i walked him out and showed him my car i said luckily i i know some good people that can take care of me. so <laughs> um but that's a that's a perfect example so uh, there are a lot of opportunities, you know, to create partnerships out there um, where you can have companies, you know, basically refer work to our franchisees.
0: Oh, gosh, what a great collaboration. That is, that is really smart. So a, a few more questions on franchising. You have some really ambitious growth plans. Doubling your franchise base in a year is, is definitely large. So what are you looking for in your future franchisees?
1: Sure. That's a great question. The beauty of our industry is you, you you don't, it doesn't require you have to have experience in this industry. We have successful franchisees who have a fortune 500 background, others who've had, uh, have worked in, you know, in the trades or in the field before in other capacities, and, you know, or other small businesses. Um, but, you know, one of the things I look for in franchisees is are they hungry, you know? I mean, building a small business is hard. Even even with the benefits of a, of, of a franchise, you know, your, your likelihood of success is improved dramatically if you choose to go with a franchise um, than rather go on your own. Even as a part of a franchise, it's still going to be hard. So, you know, one of the things I try and really clue in on when I talk to prospects is, you know, how hungry are they? How resilient are they? Because they're going to face challenges. So are they gonna, how are they going to work through that? Um, and then the other piece is, you know, are they coachable? Country- you know, because I have a great team. They have proven the industry experience in restoration within their specific role, whether that be marketing, operations, you know, admin billing or collections. They, they've they proven successful. They could teach our franchisees, but I can't teach a franchisee unless they are their are coach. So that's another right. key thing that I, I look for uh, within our franchisees and that we try and stress.
0: Oh, all that makes such such good sense. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, your website details are a very clear path to joining as a franchisee you start with the initial phone call to the final decision and um, would you mind talking about one or two of those steps in between
1: sure so you know we recently partnered with a company called RainTree, and you know kind of going back to my banking analogy we're really good at at, at restoration or really good at uh at franchising, but franchise development is a specific niche, and and this is a company that's really helped some some other emerging brands grow quickly. So that is a, a key piece. That just recently we've we've made a change, and, and they you know basically outsourced that function of our company to them. Now it, the cap is very very similar. They they do the initial screening calls and and basically qualify the prospects that they do have the financial needs to do it, that they, you know, understand that, you know, we aren't talking about a sub shop or something like that, um, and do the initial calls. And then they, we move on over there referred to as the, the presence call. And that's typically where I get to talk to them. Mm-hmm. uh And that's where I'm, I'm trying to find out as much about them and why they want to become a, a franchisee in this industry and things like that. And they're learning more and more about, uh, United water, but my favorite part in our in our whole process is the, the discovery day or, or the approval day. And that's, and that's where the, you know, prospects typically come to our location here, uh, um, my team, uh, you know, it's typically a day and a half event. Uh, they'll fly in the evening before we'll take them to dinner. We just spend time with them personally, trying to get to know them as, as, as people. Um, and then the next morning we start with a tour of our local shop, you know, where our corporate location mm-hmm. is located so they can see a physical office to understand what, you know, our typical uh, setup looks like in terms of office and and warehouse space. Um, And then my team, you know, does a presentation, each of the different departments from digital marketing, field marketing, operations, admin, billing, collections, and and HR. We all talk about, you know, what we do, A, to get a new franchisee up and going, but also B, ongoing support. And they can ask us any, any questions about those disciplines. And for me, that's my favorite because it's, you know, a chance for my team to shine, I feel, um, and. At the same time, brought to get to know them as as, as people and, and see, hey, is this going to be a good
0: fit? Ah, that sounds great. That sounds wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing so much about United Water Restoration Group. What a great company. I have two last questions for you. And my first one is, talking about this fabulous 30-year career you've had in franchising, what are you most proud of?
1: Um, I, I think going back to things. One, going back to, I, I do feel I was I was. Pretty successful creating a company where where people enjoyed coming to work. Uh, so that was first. And the other thing sure. is, I also had the opportunity when I was with Domino's, I helped four other people who went on to become franchisees with oh, Domino's. That's great. So you know, it gave the opportunity. You know, two of them, it was kind of in their mind and, and goals and thoughts. Um, the other two, honestly, I don't think they had that in mind when they they began and. Sure you know, through working with my company and learning all that they learned about the business, uh, you know, got them to the point where they were comfortable and realized, hey, this is a viable option for me. I could become a franchisee. And that was, you know, for me, was is one of the things that I, I took the most pleasure in.
0: Oh, I can see that. And my last question for you is, is there anything you wish you had known when you first started fran- the franchising world? Um. I, I think probably to
1: understand the different departments and disciplines, and, I, and I'll give you the perfect example, right? Um, franchise development and growth, right? Not so much franchise development, but but growth. Um, in the Domino's world, my company didn't get as large as it could have because I wasn't as skilled in, in real estate and keeping an eye out for, you know, where's the next shopping center coming because that, you're looking at two years out, you know, two, three years out and things like that, where you begin discussions. And I just didn't know that. And I didn't know enough to ask, you know, there were probably, you know, people that could have helped me, um, within Domino's. Um, but I didn't even, it wasn't even familiar enough with it. So if I'd have known more about the different support departments and things like that, like, you know, I think I could have grown to a, a larger company than I did. That's probably the only thing, you know, only thing in hindsight that I look back on and thought, wow, I knew then what I knew now, you know,
0: exactly. Well, that's the kind of things we try to teach in our educational pathways, because you're right. Understanding what support is available to you is 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 critical, but gosh, Bob, you've told us so much about you and your wonderful company, water restoration group, United water restoration group. It's just a, a wonderful field and I wish you success in your growth. And thank you so much for being a part of this podcast.
1: No problem. Thank you very much, Kathy, for your time and, and for getting the opportunity to speak with you. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum! Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yum cgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise you.